You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You are now about to witness the strength of fantasy knowledge. Fantasy Sports Radio Network, you are now tuned in to the speeds and spitting statistician on Fantasy Freestyle. Up next on that cypher, the mic. On the microphone, you know that I'm one of the best yet, Dane Martinez. You know what it is, it's your boy Dane Martinez, a.k.a. Speeds, a.k.a. the Spittin' Statistician, and you're listening live to the Fantasy Freestyle here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I got my boy Chris Bavona with me on the ones and twos, so hot that we sweat steam, and everybody, check this out, we are honored today to have my man Joe Pizzapia, Joe Pizza Pizza, with me on the Fantasy Freestyle. How you doing today, Joe? This is going to be a dangerous hour of radio, Dave Martinez. I can't believe they left us alone together for an entire hour unsupervised. I'm ready to go. Yeah, I know. And, and we got the, drive, the, the draft going on live. Huge round one last night. A lot of stuff to talk about. Right now, if you want to holler at us, you can at 844-843-6879. You could also follow us on Twitter at FNTSY Radio. You could always holler at me at Spittin' Speeds. We got a poll up right now. Which was the headline of the NFL draft so far? My options are, you know, the offense dominating the top 15. This was supposed to be a defensive draft, I thought. Or is it this trade that the Bears made? Or, you know, John Lynch in his first year doing some very interesting things. Players from Alabama fell like a stone, rolled tide. Something was going on with their medical. You know, we will get into that. Or is it the talent still available here in rounds two and three? We got a lot of stuff to discuss. Like I said, I got my boy Joey P with me right here. I don't know. It's got to be Trubisky, right? Was the biggest surprise in round one, Joe? Well, it's definitely the biggest surprise. I I would use the word shocked. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, if you want to talk about headlines, how about the headline, John Lynch is a pimp? Yeah, I'm telling you. you I think there could have been some collusion involved, some, some, (laughs) I don't know. We're going to get into it. Who, like, what made Chicago believe that they needed to do this? Check this out. Let's start right there, Joe, when we come back, because we got our sports byline affiliates across the country and with the American Armed Forces Radio Network around the world making fantasy freestyle truly a global show. So if you're a serviceman, a woman, want a little taste of home, my man Joey P and Speeds and Spittin' Statistician are going to give it to you right after the break. We recap all the big-time headlines from day one of the NFL draft and what happens in rounds two and three breaking it down here on the fantasy freestyle on the award-winning fantasy sports radio network Dane Martinez Joe Pisapia it's coming right back Don't this make you want to jump, jump? It's Dane Martinez, Speeds the Spittin' Statistician. I got Joe Pisapia with me. It's the Fantasy Freestyle here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Of course, want to give a big shout-out to our sports byline affiliates across the country. And just because I think we're going to be talking about Chicago and Illinois, big shout-out to Decatur, Illinois on 1340 AM WSOY. And, of course, Pittsfield, Illinois. 97.5 97.5 FM WBBA. Joey P, let's get into it, man. As the Green Bay Packers are on the clock to start off round two, we talked about it earlier. We touched on it. Mitch, excuse me, Mitchell Trubisky moving, you know, the Bears trading up to number two, moving up one spot, you know, under some pretense that someone else was going to take him at two, apparently. And apparently, you know, they're going for their quarterback despite 
spending $45 million on Mike Glennon just a couple of months ago. Is there any rhyme or reason here, Joe? If you were a uh, Bears fan right now, do you see a plan? Well, it's certainly a plan. Whether or not it's the plan you want, we'll find out. I, I think I actually saw uh, Brian Billick on. I think he articulated it perfectly this afternoon. He said, if you're going to move up with that kind of a package for a quarterback, that's got to be a guy that you're not trying to develop. That's got to be a guy that's going to be a starter from day one. And I think he's exactly right. That's the tone that you're setting when you move up and you package all those draft picks to go up there and make that move. Now, they didn't really talk about him in any way, shape, or form starting right out of the gate. That's why they brought in Glenn in the first place. So for me, I think it's too much for a guy with only 13 starts, a guy they're going to have to develop, and worse off, you got a situation where you're not going to be able to develop him necessarily under a John Fox-led coaching staff or under a quarterback like a Mike Glennon. It's not like he's playing behind a, a great veteran quarterback where he's going to be able to learn the position. Or even playing a, playing behind an Alex Smith, for that matter. Or an Alex Smith. You with know? A coach, with a quarterback guru like Andy Reid, which is Mahomes, and a much better situation. You can't teach arm strength, Dane. Absolutely. No, I completely agree with you. I, but we'll get into that Kansas City move a little bit. I mean, is Andy Reid basically going from horizontal to vertical? I think that's a very interesting question. But I got to ask you, Joe, listen, I am in a very competitive two-quarterback, crazy dynasty league. And I thought, you know, because Speed's a spitting statistician, knows his stuff, and I knew Mike Glennon's contract was coming up, and I knew that he had a chance to be a starter, right? So I picked him up middle of the season, held on to him the entire, you know, my entire playoff run, all this stuff, you know, so that he's now, you know, I get him in like the 13th round in next year's draft, which I was really happy about. Do I have cause for concern in my dynasty league for the next you know, for 2017, or do you think that could be an issue, you know, more 18 and beyond? I think it's more 18 and beyond, if I'm going to be honest with you. I think they made the commitment to Glennon, and I don't think Trubisky's anywhere near ready. Now, an injury can change that all of a sudden real quick. Mm -hmm. That's something to keep in mind, but first of all, let me tell you, you're doing it right because you're playing in a two-quarterback league or a super flex. If you're not playing in that kind of league at this point in time, I think you're doing it wrong because that's where the stats are. That's where the NFL is, and that's where the position's being utilized. It's quarterback. It's not running back anymore, and that's the kind of leagues that you need to make sure that you're in. That's what we do here on the Fantasy Freestyle, help people win their leagues and win that cash. Hey, Joey, one thing you mentioned, though, was that an injury can always change things. This reminds me of another team situation only a year ago where an injury did ultimately change things. I'm talking about the Philadelphia Eagles, who had Sam Bradford under contract, right? And and they were paying him money, and everyone was complaining, to be quite honest, about how much money he was making and how much money the Eagles had already committed to that quarterback position, not only with him, but with Chase Daniel as well, you know, going into the draft last year. Then they move up. You know, to get Carson Wentz, have all that, you know, money and talent locked up in the quarterback room, but then an injury goes and, you know, there goes Bradford and that paves the way for uh, Carson Wentz last year. Do you see, you know, we're going to get into some other possible trades that could still be live a little bit later on in the show. Do you think now that the way the Glennon contract is structured gives the Bears an out to potentially use Glennon as an asset down the road as well? I have a hard time believing at this point in time Glennon is that much of an asset. I would have thought Sam back. Bradford wasn't an asset either. Yeah, but the problem with Bradford is he's still got that weird pedigree. It's funny what follows you in the NFL. You know, right. when you're picked number one overall and you have this pedigree. Yeah, his Oklahoma his, career follows Sam Bradford. Yeah, that follows him. The number one overall follows him. Also, the, the, the tag of very talented but injuries, can't stay on the field. If he could just put it together. If he could. If, if, if. 
But ifs don't always get it done, unfortunately. I think Bradford was a unique situation. I'd be very surprised if Glennon is not the opening day starter for the Chicago Bears, and I would be very even more surprised if he wasn't the starter at the end of the year. Now, 2018, that's going to be a different story. It's going to be an open competition unless Glennon plays horribly, horribly in 2017. But, you know, Glennon's not that bad, and if you give him some weapons, you give him a decent running game, I kind of like what he would have to do in a, you know, two-quarterback league, super Mm -hmm. flex. He might not be that bad. All right, so, you know, if, you say a lot of ifs in there, if in a Metro card gets me home. I want to say this, the, uh, <laughs> the Green Bay Packers have, in fact, selected, they stay in that pick. They've selected Kevin King, cornerback out of Washington. As we know, that pass defense last year for the Green Bay Packers was a problem. So they, uh, you know, they get the cornerback out of Washington. We could talk about that a little bit later on, but I do want to talk about the other side of this trade, Joe, because you mentioned, you know, praise for your boy John Lynch, who apparently just shines in everything he does. Whether it's playing safety, whether it's broadcasting, or in the front office, he's 1-0 so far, in my opinion. Here's the thing. Remember John Lynch and that great Tampa, Tampa 2 defense, right? I have heard today comparisons from Solomon Thomas to Warren Sapp. And I have heard comparisons of Reuben Foster to Derek Brooks. Reuben Foster, I'll tell you one thing, has that speed not only to go sideline to sideline, but to be that kind of cover to linebacker and get depth in coverage if that's the kind of defense that San Francisco is looking for. you got to love what John Lynch is doing so far early on to trade back, accumulate all sorts of other assets and draft capital to move back one spot, still get the guy they probably wanted at the top anyway, and then get a guy who who many people were saying top five, top ten talent back trading back into the end of the first round. Talk to me. How do you how are you looking at uh, John Lynch and the moves that the Niners are making uh, so far? Well, look, that's the kicker getting back in there and taking Reuben Foster right. now. However, he is whatever whatever you know baggage is following him or whatever injury questions you might have about him. The talent is certainly not something to question. He is a top ten talent without doubt. John Lynch did a fantastic job. A lot of the people out there today are basically saying. Nobody could verify that anyone else was talking about Mitch Trubisky. Not not one. It's not Mitchell. One writer. It's Mitchell, Joe. Yeah, well, he's Mitch right now. Okay. <laughs> when he's a start in the NFL, I'll call him. I'll call him Mitchell. Fair uh, but look, he, here here's my point about what Lynch did. What Lynch did was a classic opportunity of you know somebody wants him, you create uh, some sort of fake leverage. He did that. He used that. The 49ers are a team and a roster that's bereft of talent. They have so many holes in so many places. The first thing you need to do is start to solidify defense. They did that. They did it in spades last night. I think it was a great job mm-hmm. by John Lynch. We'll see what they do tonight. Getting back into that end of the draft in the first round and getting Foster was just the icing uh, on the top of the cake. It was the cherry on top. And that was just a great move by Lynch. Listen, you said created some fake interest. Oh, I, I definitely do. So you do you do think it was fake? Now you don't think that circles you don't think that circles back around to him in future kind of uh, wheeling and dealing that his word cannot maybe be trusted when he's negotiating with other teams. It doesn't matter if you have what the other person wants, Dane. I guess, but now are people going to want to trade with San Francisco? I think it's interesting. Uh, look, how many trades happen in the NFL outside of the draft? Fair, right? fair, fair. You know, so uh, you're in an opportunity where, where right now your window of time to turn this organization around is small. Maybe okay? he doesn't if know you, the like rules and the norms of the policies and the way and it's the supposed norms to of the go. Policies are win, or you're going to be out of a job. That's the way the NFL works. All right, and fair. John Lynch knows that. John Lynch has been around a long time. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yo, one other thing I wanted to talk about before you know we could start it now. We'll probably have to go to break, but. But um, 
The, this was supposed to be a defensive draft. All I heard about was defense, defense, defense. So many edge rushers. So many cornerbacks. All of a sudden, we have three wideouts go in the top ten. Three quarterbacks get traded up for, and a ton of defensive players still in. At one point here, what we were covering uh, yesterday on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network and on that stream, big shout-out to Corey Parson, fantasy executive, Mike Blewett, Emery Hunt. We had a good old time. But at one point... I forget who it was. I think it was maybe Indianapolis was staring at the potential of Jonathan Allen, Reuben Foster, Malik Hooker, Lattimore. I thought this was supposed to be all defense, Joe. What happened? <laughs> well, there's two ways to think about it. And I was angry tweeting the entire NFL draft last night. Uh, there's two ways to think. Either it's number one, you think there's so much defensive talent that you wait on it and you try to take the offensive guys. Or number two, which is I think more likely, is the sexy picks to take the guys who are offensive players. It became a fantasy football draft last night. Yeah, Bad it sure was. Bad job by the GMs, man. Bad it job. sure was. And that's why us here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network are going to continue to break it down. We're going to go into the fantasy implications. A little bit of Diamond and Fugazi with Speeds, the spitting statistician, and Joe Pizzapia here on the Fantasy Freestyle on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Work. We'll be right back. Aha! You know what it is. It's your boy, Dane Martinez. You're listening to the Fantasy Freestyle. Here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, I got my boy Joey Pizza of Pizza with me. Yo, we just had a trade in the second round of the NFL draft. The Jacksonville Jaguars traded into that spot that was Seattle and drafted Alabama offensive tackle Cam Robinson. Let me tell you something, Joe. Right now, Tom Coughlin is leaving absolutely no excuse for Blake Bortles. Got him a stud running back yesterday. Now turning around and getting him some protection. I think, to be honest, if you've been listening to the spitting statistician, I think the days are numbered for Blake Bortles. I think there is a very good chance that someone else is in that seat relatively soon. What do you think, Joey P, of what the Jaguars have done so far? AFC South is no longer the AFC Soft. No, that's true. And like, taking the tackle is a big deal there. And I think Everything you could do to make Bortles feel comfortable and to energize him, get him in the right frame of mind. I don't know if I'm quite ready to get rid of him yet. It's real hard to replace a quarterback in the NFL, even one that is considered maybe on that fringe right, right. now. I mean, fantasy-wise, too, if you go back and look at the numbers, he's not as bad fantasy-wise as you may think. That's the thing about Bortles. The numbers are there, even though when you look at him, you're not happy with the line sometimes. You're not happy with the productivity. I'll tell you what, though. Taking Fournette last night, uh, I think that was a huge get for them, but now you got to give the man the ball. I don't want to mm-hmm. see TJ Yeldon. I don't want to see Chris Ivory. I want to see 20 attempts from Larry Fournette every game because he's the kind of back that needs to touch the football. Some aren't like that. He is. He's more like that Marshawn Lynch bruising type of back. Give that man the ball. Let him punish the opposing defense. Let him do what he does best, and that will help everybody in the passing game. I completely agree with you. I completely agree with you. However, I do think this is Bortles' absolute last chance. If the Jaguars are once again in the top five or in the top ten next year, doesn't matter if all those garbage time points count for your fantasy team. They will not count for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and they'll be looking at something like Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, Lamar Jackson, or one of these other quarterbacks, you know, like maybe Mike Glennon or Alex Smith on the comeback. No. <laughs> I was going to say, they're your boy Mike Glennon. <laughs> exactly. You found See, you only took you one there. extra segment. You found 
found him a landing there spot. There are plenty of you. options there. So check this out. I don't know, you know, Joey Pizza Pizza, something we do here <laughs> on the Fantasy Freestyle is we like to look at our fantasy diamonds, but the opposite of that, and this is, you know, good for you because your name ends in a vowel as well, we like this to look true. at the fantasy fugazis, guys you need to forget about. Right, Chris? You know yeah, it. Bavona's got lots of fugazis. Hey, how you doing? Bavona, what's happening? How you That's doing? It. How you doing, Mitchell? Pizza, pizza. So, hey, I got to hey, tell you something. I got to tell you something. The first fugazi I wanted to talk about, we just mentioned, and that is my man Chris Ivory. As a Jets fan, I've always liked Chris Ivory, but there are no more touches there for him. You just said it, Joe. Fournette is got to be a 20-25 touch kind of back. And if they, you know, I think Fournette can have the potential to be a three-down back. I don't think he's going to be some kind of PPR monster or anything like that. But if they do need another back out of the backfield, it'll certainly be TJ Yeldon. It will not be Chris Ivory. Remember also Chris Ivory had mysterious health concerns last year. I think Ivory is now uh, the guy left without a chair uh, when musical chairs, when the music stops, right? Is Ivory someone now who do you even still see in a Jaguars uniform? Or do you think he has value maybe moving somewhere else? I think you keep him in the uniform because I think it's good to have a veteran back who's been around the league for a while in front of him. TJ Yeldon's not that guy. So I think when you're bringing up a guy like a Fournette here into the picture, I think it's good to have someone who's been around. Someone who's been around a couple different organizations, a couple different teams can be a good influence. I think Ivory can be that guy. And Ivory's also an insurance policy if anything goes wrong. And that's what you need in the NFL because the injury quotient and in running backs is far too high. So you got to have a bunch of them nowadays. It is a war of attrition. I'll tell you that. Um, yo, I got another Fugazi for that I want to get your uh, thoughts on here, Joe. And this may be someone that you didn't think about at the very beginning. And it's my boy Sterling Shepard. Okay. A lot of people were high on Sterling Shepard last year, you know, thinking he better than Victor Cruz as a number two option. But look at what the Giants have done specifically for Eli Manning in, you know, the twilight of his career moving on. I thought one of the best free agent signings in the offseason was Brandon Marshall on a very cheap deal, I might add, to the New York football Giants. And now they go and get him a new toy in the tight end Evan Ingram out of Ole Miss. Ole Miss quarterback to Old Miss tight end. End, maybe a little chemistry there. I think now there's just too many mouths to feed. Obviously, Odell Beckham is still a top three wideout. But does this hamper the potential production from a guy like Sterling Shepard when Marshall is a red zone target, Ingram is a red zone target, Odell Beckham is just an absolute beast? Does that mean potentially Shepard is lost in the shuffle, Joe? Dane, you're not just a pretty face. I don't care what anybody tells you. I, I, think I got a face for right radio, here. Joe. I got a face <laughs> for radio. <laughs> you and me both, baby. Uh, let me tell you, man. I, I, I agree with you 100% on this one. I, and I wish it wasn't so because Shepard made some good progress last year in the second half. Very quietly, he was a very consistent DFS play as a third wide receiver. You can get him in there. The floor was good. He was putting up double digits every week there. Right. Had some touchdown upside. But right now... You're right, because Brandon Marshall is a guy that you know is going to demand the football, not mm -hmm. ask for it, demand the football. That's a problem. We all know what Odell Beckham is in terms of attitude and, you know, swagger and whatever else that he Oh, swag. Needs. Oh, yeah. Uh, whatever it is. He, oh, that's is that a, a category in Madden yet? Uh, swag? I don't know. It should be. But I'll tell you what, man. That guy's, that guy's more problems than he's worth sometimes. I swear to God. <laughs> and, and, you know, bringing in the tight end, you're right. There's another mouth to feed, another opportunity there. So, you know, when you look at the depth chart, it's hard not to think that Shepard's kind of on the outside looking in here, for mm -hmm. especially for touchdowns. Let me ask you this, and, and, and first of all, 
everybody here right now on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, on our sports byline affiliates around the country, and the American Forces Radio Network around the world. Y'all need to go out right now and get the Fantasy Black Book where Joe Pizza Pizza gives you everything <laughs> you need to win your leagues and win that cash. Joe, someone who's similar to Sterling Shepard, and I would love to see who you would rather have on your team moving forward. And I think there's a lot of... Um, consistencies here. They're trying to support Eli Manning in New York in the twilight of his career. They're doing the same thing in not San Diego, but in Los Angeles for Phillip Rivers. Okay, and they went out and got another target for him as well, with Keenan Allen coming back. I'm worried about Tyrell Williams. So if you have Tyrell Williams and Sterling Shepard as options, are these guys, what, wide out and fours now with the more mouth that they need to feed. Who would you rather have? Tyrell Williams, who I think is in a very similar situation in Los Angeles as Sterling Shepard now is in New York. I think I'd rather have Shepard because I think in PPR, if he works out of the slot, maybe, just maybe, you still get some decent games out of him just in terms of volume of moving the football because they still have no running game. So let's all be frank. The Giants still can't run the football. So they got to do something. Uh, I think that bringing in Mike Williams last night, that's certainly a... Uh, red zone target, another one there. And and let's face it, too, there's no guarantees about Keenan Allen, okay? This, this is, is back-to-back seasons now where he has been out for significant portions of the season, if not the entire season. But he looks so, so good in the first quarter of week he one. He looks so good doing everything. I know. It's very frustrating, baby. He, he, he catches the football. He catches 13 in one game. You, you love him. The problem is staying on the field. And, you know, now it's two years. You know, it's one thing that's one year. Everybody's very, you know, forgiving about that. Two years. Now we start to think about it. Now we start to reevaluate. I think Williams is that insurance policy. And let's not get too excited about Tyrell Williams. As much as he's fascinating and as much as he's a big-bodied wide receiver, a lot of people didn't know the, how, who the hell he was coming into last year. So he was kind of thrust into the spotlight, and he didn't always make the most of it. He had a lot of opportunity, and he didn't always cash in on it. And I think for Philip Rivers, if you ask me who I want to own, what do you ask me all these different guys? Just give me Philip Rivers sure. because he's going to have lots of opportunity. Yeah, take the aggregate, and it sounds pretty good to me. Listen, Joe, what we do here, my man Chris Bavona, he knows when we have these Fugazis, sometimes we just have to forget about them. And let me tell you, the ultimate Fugazi has to be Gary Barnage because after now Njoku has been drafted uh, by the Cleveland Browns, we get word, or at least Barnage tweeted today, that he is being released. So Chris Bavona, that makes him the ultimate Fugazi, someone we all need to forget about. Right, Chris? He says it's a Fugazi. What's a fugazi? Is you fugazi? Did you think I'm gonna admit wrong? No, no. What? What is a fugazi? Well, fugazi means uh, phony. All right, so yeah, he's a fugazi. We gotta forget I like the about Pacino it. In there. You like oh, that? Fugazi, Absolutely. What are you doing? Let, oh. You know, Don the Jeweler from Mulberry Street over here. But here's the opposite. And 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 Joe, tell me if I'm crazy. This is gonna sound crazy. Well, you're crazy, but I'll tell you. What, Thank I'll you. Still answer the question. Okay. Well, you know, hey, yeah, I'm not diagnosed, so then it doesn't really count. <laughs> um. Check this out. I think someone whose stock tremendously went up last night, and I know this is going to sound crazy. How about Cody Kessler? Cody Kessler, everyone thought the Browns were going to take. Everyone thought the Browns were going to take a quarterback. Let me tell you something. Kessler's PFF grade at USC in 2014 was 89.9. Deshaun Watson's this year, 83. Trubinsky this year, 81. Mahomes, 79. Listen, Kessler also ended his rookie year with a passer rating of 92.3 overall and 99 when he was kept clean in the pocket. Is it crazy for Cleveland maybe to, you know, they sign not one but two offensive linemen, build around them, get stud absolute talent on defense, and give Kessler a shot, and then maybe next year if it doesn't work out, 
you know, then once again, you got the Darnolds, you got the Rosens, you got maybe the Alex Smiths, maybe the Mike Glennons. I think Cody Kessler might be a viable, uh, you know, fringe two quarterback uh, quarterback. Uh, I can't season. argue. The logic is sound what you're making out there. And I'll tell you this about Cody Kessler, too, and I'll be bring it to Brock Osweiler. Oh, when you read, when you read, they were happy the about the statement. second round pick, not Brock Osweiler. Right. It was like we were so right. What was the thing is we were so They're excited like, we're so to pleased. bring in right. a second round pick and blah blah blah. And Brock and will the very compete. And, and 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 Brock Osweiler. Not not even we're excited to have no just and Brock Osweiler will compete. That tells you everything you know. Yep. <laughs> about and, that scenario and where they rank those guys. And again, Kessler, he will be competing against Kessler, who also had the league's second best completion percentage while under pressure, completed 59% of his passes while under pressure, and had the sixth best passer rating while under pressure. This is actual improvement. They invested a second or third round pick with him before. I think they might let it ride out with Cody Kessler because it's certainly not going to be Brock Eisweiler. Check this out. When we come back, Joe, here's what we're going to do on the Fantasy Freestyle here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We're going to get into a little bit of what's happening. There have been some picks made since, you know, we had this segment. We're going to also preview... You know, rounds two and three because there are plenty of cornerbacks still, plenty of edge rushers still, a lot of running backs that are available for different reasons. So we'll get into that a little bit. My man, Joey Pizza Pizza, Dane Martinez, Speeds the Spitting Statistician. You're listening here to the Fantasy Freestyle live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Of course, our sports byline affiliates around the country and American Forces Radio Network around the world. Come on right back. You know what it is. It's your boy, Dane Martinez, a.k.a. the Spittin' Statistician. And you're listening live to the Fantasy Freestyle here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I got my man, Joey Pisa Pio, with me. And, uh, you know, Corey Parsons just walked into the room because he's going to be starting our NFL draft coverage in a little while. Rounds two and three. I don't know, Corey. I don't think it's going to be like round one. We had a lot of stuff go down in round one, did we not, my friend? Round one was a zoo. It, it was, sure was. It was PG-13. It was. We got the PG-13. <laughs> Joe, you got to check out the YouTube stream. We were doing it big here at Rock and Riley's for round one. We also had the chance to interview Jets defensive lineman Leonard Williams, the big cat. It was a, it was a nice time over here, Joe. Where, where, no, where were you, my friend? Great. Where were you? I, where was the invite? I don't know. Where I was supposed to be invited, I guess. I would be happy to go and hang out. Nobody, nobody asked me. He asked me here today. I'm here today. Fair but enough, it's uh, nice enough. to talk to Corey Parson. Let me I gotta tell I you the truth. Up, Corey. I just did. I just did seven to eight p.m. and then I just stuck around because it was that ah, much fun. I gotta tell you, hey, go. I can't blame you. Hey Joe, um, mm-hmm. you know, not to reveal too much. I think we might be men of the same, re- you know, relatively speaking age. Do you ever remember playing Nintendo, playing like the ice hockey game, the old school ice hockey game? Oh, fat guy, skinny guy. Hockey. Exactly. And that yeah. brings me to the running backs. <laughs> that brings me to the running backs of the 2017 NFL draft. All right. We talked about Leonard Fournette already. Right. And he was kind of like the big one. Right. The one you would use for checking with the real hard slap shot. Mm -hmm. Those guys. Then you had the little skinny guys. Right. And that is the guy that went to Carolina. Okay, Christian McCaffrey, the unique back in this league. That now, when we go into this passing league, and we even heard, you know, Adrian Peterson, Marshawn Lynch's value go down because, like, are they true? Are they only first and second down backs? Adrian Peterson may only be a one down back, if you tell me the truth, when that Drew Brees offense. But Christian McCaffrey is the rare back who can impact all four downs. Is he your number one dynasty running back 
um, that you would pick after this draft? From well, these it's, guys. it's hard to argue with with McCaffrey, especially in the PPR formats, because you know he's going to be applicable there. Now the mm-hmm. question is, can Cam Newton utilize him? Because they've never used that type of back in that offense. They've also never had that. Type they could of back, run the so triple like option. See, well, they could do lots of different <laughs> things, and that and that's the whole point now with, with Cam Newton there. Look, hopefully this will alleviate some of that pressure that he's felt too, in terms of getting hit and getting rushed and getting knocked down so much, and maybe he'll stop complaining for five minutes and get out there and just play. And if he can, if he can utilize him properly, I think that's going to really open up things for Cam Newton this year. I think that'll be a lead to a bounce back year for him. But they've got to make sure they work him into the offense. I don't want to hear any nonsense about this guy or that guy. McCaffrey is going to be a guy to build that offense around, I think. I think that's how dynamic he can be. And then you can use the Kelvin Benjamins and the other guys and the Tiggins, whoever else you want to use there. And, and spread the field and do what you want to do. But let, learn how to move the football because Stewart's getting another year older, mm-hmm. and there's a certain point in time where you got to get off that train. No, I completely agree. You say my man Cam was whining all year. I say hashtag all quarterbacks matter, Joey P. That's what I say. <laughs> but let me tell you something. We talked about we talked about the fat hockey players. We talked about the skinny hockey players. There are two running backs that are still available right now that I kind of think are like the medium guys in that ice hockey game. And I like to stock my team with some medium guys. Joey, I'm talking about Alvin Kamara and I'm talking about Dalvin Cook. These are guys that I think, you know, have some elusiveness but are also kind and north-south runners we've seen you know be able to catch the ball out of the backfield cook from florida state kamara out of tennessee this guy alvin kamara i think i really like kamara okay and let me tell you why this guy started in alabama transferred to tennessee the only knock on kamara in my opinion is that he wasn't utilized you know maybe the durability factor only had more than 15 touches five times his entire college career. But then again, the NFL is moving away from the workhorse back. Every team has a pretty, you know, maybe with the exception of Pittsburgh and Dallas and Arizona, every team has some kind of committee. And if you can get Alvin Kamara in as part of that committee, I think he can be very effective. It doesn't always have to be first round guys. What do you, what's your take on uh, Kamara and then also Dalvin Cook, who it's pretty much the same thing. This guy could have been a Heisman favorite over Leonard Fournette going into last year. Kamara and Cook, what do you think, Joe? Well, I think you mentioned you hit the nail on the head there with Kamara. I think the question is, how will he hold up? Because he didn't get, you know, 25 touches a game. You know what I mean? And, and because he's used sparingly, there's a certain idea. Now, that fits in certain aspects of certain teams who like to run running backs by committee. So if he ends up in the right one, that's a good situation for him. I think he's a guy that tends to <clears throat> what situation he ends up in, which team he ends up in, is going to have a lot more impact on his value. With Dalvin Cook, I look at him, and it's funny because you hear a lot of these like, rumors about him and someone saying something, some agent who didn't get to sign him, he's right. leaking all this like false information. So I don't know what to believe there. A lot of curious guy, timing when it comes to of some of these news reports right before the draft. You know, A lot of curious timing. Yeah. And, and there's one other one, too. Is Marlon Mack is the one to me where mm. I watch that guy run, and he looks like an NFL back. We're talking about he has the skills, he has the speed, he has the explosiveness. Uh, to me, when I watched, of all the guys that I've watched film on, that's the one that I think in terms of late round running backs that I think might make an impact, especially if he ends up in the right place. Mm-hmm. Marlon Mack is explosive, and I think that's the kind of player the NFL right now seems to be the most in demand and the most able to make fantasy impact. And that's what we're trying to do here. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, right now, you got Joey Pispia, you got Dane Martinez, P's the spitting statistician here on the Fantasy Freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Of course, with all our sports byline affiliates around the country and the American Forces Radio Network. 
making this truly a global show. Joey, you, we got servicemen and women that need to follow the draft, right? Know about their team so they can win their leagues and win that cash. And they're listening to us right now on the Fantasy Freestyle. I think that's kind of cool. It's very cool. It's it's the best. I've done a couple shows there before on the Armed Service Radio Network, and uh, I know I think I think Black Book is out there too. I think On Target yeah. Fantasy, our show too, and the daytime show is on there too. And uh, look, you know, we can't thank them enough for their service to our country. And if we could just brighten their day a little bit, give them a little bit of home, give a little, them a little bit of football, a little baseball, whatever that is, you know, to take them out of that place for a little bit, bring them somewhere else for an hour, that's a special gift. So I'm very happy we could do that. Absolutely, absolutely. And listen. One thing they may need as that taste of home is some sleeper running backs that they may want to draft in fantasy football next year. So we have the curious case of Joe Mixon. And, um, you know, I'd be remiss if we have to talk about this, right? And I mean, what he has, you know, whether it's been accused of or like it's it's you know, it's pretty much the worst that we could deal with. Um, We have it on video and we have it on video. That's the problem. Let's take all that out of it, though, because remember last year, Tyreek Hill fell to the fifth round and then became a stud that people, you know, wanted to putting the ethics aside of this, which I don't know, Joe, may be hard or not so hard for you to do. I'm sure it's harder for some of our listeners on the American Forces Radio Network to do. But. If you have him on your draft board, if you've already crossed that mental hurdle, then someone's got to draft him tonight in the second round and have him in a situation where he could be a very, very effective producer in the NFL at the next level. This kid is an NFL running back, right? Well, I think he's probably, the just in terms of talent, the best running back on the board. Most people will tell you that. The problem is what organization is going to stick their neck out and take him. And it's funny because you have when you have video of a scenario like this, like you have with Ray Rice, mm-hmm. the NFL is very finicky like this. You know, if you're a player kind of at the end of their career or a player where you're in question, it's done, you're out. Right. But, you know, if you're Greg Hardy, you can still rush. You get a longer leash. Yeah, and I, and I think it's so hypocritical. It's one of the problems I have with the NFL in general. But I'll, I'll tell you this. As a fantasy owner, that's a whole different aspect. Sure. If you are an NFL team, I'm drafting you if it's appropriate. It's like last year I got a discount everywhere on Roldis Chapman in seven of my eight leagues last year. And I rolled that to many championships. And that's because if you're giving me the best closer at a discount, I know some people on principle won't take him. I know some people won't take him because he's missing time. Whatever that is, you're giving me an outstanding talent at a discount. My job is to win games. My job is not to be the barometer of the NFL's integrity. That's their job. If they're putting that guy out there and he's available, then all I could do is make my analysis and try to put a winning fantasy football team together. That's my job. My job is not to be the moral barometer of all of this stuff. That's for the NFL GMs to decide, not us. Let me ask you this, Joe. If you're an NFL GM, which is worse, right, to take this gamble, pull the trigger, and have it come back to bite you, right, and get suspended or something like that, or to know that you're having conversations about this guy, you know, in your war room with your owner. You brought it to your owner. He signed off, said, okay, we could do it. And then not pull the trigger and have it turn out to maybe be like a Lyle Collins situation where it could have been really good. Which, as a GM, you know, is the tougher pill to swallow for you? For the GM, the tougher pill to swallow is passing on the guy who ends up performing because it's going to mean your job eventually. Right, and and that's and it sucks to say that, like, which is I, why I he's going to get that. drafted tonight. Oh, he's go- oh, I'm with you. He's going to get drafted. Somebody's going to stick their neck. Then it won't be certain organizations. It won't be an organization like the New York Giants, mm-hmm. Pittsburgh it Steelers. Or- it won't be those organizations. It right. won't be the the mom and pop 
<clears throat> building block foundation organizations of the NFL. Sure. But one of those fringe ones trying to make headway, trying to make a splash, trying to, to just grasp anything because they're irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Joe Mixon talent-wise makes you relevant. Yeah. I know one guy who might like that new toy. Chris Bavona, who was my favorite offensive coordinator last year. You know who it is. My man, Jim Bob, Bob Cooter. And no. uh, that yeah, could be Jim a Bob. very interesting fit, no? Oh, it would be a terrific one. Right? Because they've been bereft there. I mean, uh, look, if you're talking about a running back position and putting him with that quarterback and putting him with the rest of that team, uh, Jim Bob, I'm a big fan of Jim Bob I'm Cooter. I'm a big fan this, of Jim Bob uh, Cooter. I mean, uh, Anybody who listens to Fantasy Freestyle man, knows. Uh, hey man, it's Jim hard Bob Cooter. But one of the, look, there's no way he doesn't get drafted. Whether it's a second round, third round, who knows how long he's going to. At some point, it's just going to be crazy for a team not to take a chance on him. Now, they're going to have to do enormous amounts of PR around it, in front of it, along with it, on the back end of it. Right. And just hope that he doesn't get in trouble again. But it's it's very. This is a trickier one. Yeah, for sure. Because it's on tape. Tyreek Hill wasn't on tape, out of sight, out of mind. When it's on tape, that's the difference. Social that's what media. Follows you. Social media. That's right. And this 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 these millennials. These millennials. They don't know about the ice hockey game, Joe. No, but we do. Fair enough. Fair enough. We know. Enough. It's a good thing we didn't grow up in that time where everything oh, was on oh, tape. Goodness, we bad, please, God, no. no. Um. Let me ask you this. We talked about how, like, okay, these quarterbacks, right? Trubisky, maybe a year to learn. Mahomes, time to learn. What about Deshaun Watson, though, okay? I don't, I don't believe, I don't believe that uh, they're just going to ride out there what they got. This is, you know, and you got Clemson, throwing a Clemson with DeAndre Hopkins. Is this a situation where you think Deshaun Watson could be a serviceable quarterback in two quarterback leagues, maybe getting some first downs with his legs? Maybe could he get something like 17 touchdowns and 12 interceptions and 3,300 yards in that offense? Or are they just going to tell Deshaun, turn around and hand the ball to Lamar Miller? I think that's what they're going to tell him if he should get in there. And I, I kind of agree that it's going to be hard to imagine Tom Savage being the guy. Jake Seeley today on On Target on our show was trying to make the, the case for him as a, a James Winston light, which Ooh. I think is kind of a knock on James Winston, to tell you the truth, because I, I like Winston. I think Winston's a much better quarterback even heading into the NFL. My problem with Deshaun Watson, the interceptions, my problem with Deshaun Watson, I think skill set-wise, he's just more of a college quarterback than an NFL quarterback. And look, look how Brock Osweiler failed. And in that Bill O'Brien, very, very difficult to pick up offense, very complicated, and their inability to tailor it to Brock Osweiler, mm-hmm. whether it be stubbornness, whether it just be not wanting to do it, I don't know what it is, or maybe he just couldn't pick it up no matter what it was. Osweiler's failure is a huge red flag to ask some rookie quarterback to come in there right. and do it. The only guy that ran that offense well was Hoyer, and he's an ex-Patriot. So well, Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick had a couple of times, you know, a couple of games in there too. Bill O'Brien was supposed to be a guy who could develop quarterbacks. He will have his chance. Check this out, Joe. We are almost done. Time flies when you're having fun. When we come back, I want to ask you one last question because, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins was a top 10 guy. He wasn't only because of Osweiler. Is he back in the first round for you? That's something I'm going to ask you as we tie a nice little bow on this episode of the Fantasy Freestyle here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Joe Pisapia and Dane Martinez, Speeds the Spitting Statistician. Come on right back. Aha! Oh, baby, I like it raw. 
It's Dave Martinez and Joe Pisapia here on the Fantasy Freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. When we uh, was going into break, I was asking you, should I be confident in taking DeAndre Hopkins back in the first round? Is he back to being a top five wide receiver now that the noose, the $72 million noose of Brock Osweiler is no longer (laughs) around the neck of the Houston Texans and Bill O'Brien gets to develop his boy and he gets to catch passes from yet another Clemson Tiger? What do you think, Joe? I wish it was that easy. In terms of talent, yeah. I mean, there's no doubt in terms of talent that he is. I mean, he's just a beautiful player to watch. But I'm not there yet. I'm not there on a first round either. I still think... Like you were saying at the break, Beckham, Evans, Brown, Julio, Julio yeah. I think Jordy Nelson. I'll put Michael Thomas ahead of him, too. Michael Thomas, true. Yep. All right, all right. So maybe top 10, not top 5. Last talent, week talent, he's 5, baby. I okay. got you on talent. All right. Yo, I love me some nuke, the D-hop, the D-hopopotamus. I love him. Yo, we have an intriguing pick that was just made by the Minnesota Vikings. They have just grabbed running back out of Florida State, Dalvin Cook. Uh, Joe, unfortunately, I don't think the Minnesota Vikings are one of those stalwart franchises that you were talking about to keep him and his entourage, Ray Ray and Pookie. They might go on another <laughs> boat. They might go on another boat trip up there in Minnesota. What do we think? Dalvin Cook now with Latavius Murray as the inside tackle guy. What do you think that is for uh, Minnesota, real quick? It's curious. I, I don't, curious I don't case of Dalvin this. Cook. I, no, it is, man. I, why? Why are you going to get Murray if you're going to go draft Cook? Right, and to oh, be honest, also, if you're Latavius Murray, why do you leave the Oakland Raiders offensive line to go get have blocks with T.J. Clemens and the Minnesota that's, Vikings that's what I'm offensive well, look, line? I understand you leave. Maybe it's a bad scenario. Maybe you feel like you're never going to be successful there. But <laughs> I know, you know, right? right now, and now, and now you've done it. Now you've gone somewhere else where the O line is questionable and it's cold as hell and all that stuff. And now, and now they bring in a young running back. I don't know, man. Curiouser and curiouser. But one thing I'll tell you though is that Dane Martinez and Joe Pispea, if you are curious about it, you can find out Joe Pispia on the Fantasy Black Book Tuesdays and Fridays on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and of course, Speed's the Spitting Statistician here on the Fantasy Freestyle 7 to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday. Good time with you, Joe. Good time. Always. Always a pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. For sure. Stay tuned to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Corey Parson, the Fantasy Executive, leading our Day 2 draft coverage is going to be Big things, I'm telling you. I don't know if it'll be as exciting as last night, but it'll be all right. We out of here. Does your fantasy team suck? Maybe you need us. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The only.